All right. Uh, are we ready? Sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, okay. You want to give me my lead-in? Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the show that's still trying to figure out what the strongest material in comic books is. Is it Wolverine's, Adamantium Claws, Captain America's, Vibranium Shield, or whatever it is the material they use to make the Hulk's shorts? Um, my name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me is my brother Peter. Hey, everybody. And Ryan's back this week giving us a salute because he's not going to talk tonight, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You know what? Let's just jump right in. Uh, we watching anything, Peter? Yeah, um, I've actually watched a couple movies. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Hereditary. Have you guys seen that one or know about it? I feel like I've heard of this. So it's a horror movie that came out. Um, but this movie is like, it's hard to describe because I feel like the whole point of it was to make you feel unease and like feel legit dread, which is what it does. So usually horror movies will like kind of try to create a scary atmosphere and then just nail you with jump scares throughout the whole thing. I don't think this movie had any jump scares at all, but it just like makes you feel like really uneasy and queasy and like actually frightened, I guess. So okay. it's, it's very successful that way, but it's one of those things where if you're not into horror and you don't want to watch a very dark, dismal thing and, like, be pushed into, like, this really uneasy uh, mentality, you might want to avoid it. <laughs> so that's all I'll say. I liked it a lot. I was pretty impressed with it. It shot well, but it was just kind of a weird one. So. I feel like I remember hearing about this movie or at least seeing something for it. I, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, I feel like I have an image in my mind. Of like something from the trailer, but I also feel like it's a different movie. Like I'm. What's the image you're thinking of? Um, Ryan's showing me a picture right now because this is an audio podcast, mm -hmm. not a visual. <laughs> so, and I don't recognize that image at okay. all. So <laughs> I'm I'm clearly confusing it with a different movie. I mean, I'd recommend it. It's just you gotta just be warned. You're not gonna feel good after watching the movie, but it is good and it is very. Um, Mature, violent, and dismal. So nice. that's what I'd say. Another movie that I saw that was a lot less dismal was uh, Upgrade. Do you guys know this one at all or no? No. <laughs> so Upgrade is a, uh, it's like a low-budget action movie that came out uh, this past year. Um, and it was produced by Blumhouse, which is kind of, you know, Blumhouse did Happy Death Day, Insidious. Like, they're kind of the big horror movie studio at yes. the moment. And Upgrade is actually a kind of a crazy sci-fi cyberpunk action movie that came out. Um, it follows the story of this guy who gets in a bad car wreck. Um, this all takes place in the future, by the way. And after the car wreck, uh, him and his wife who were in the car were in a bad neighborhood. And they end up getting mugged. And his, his wife gets murdered. And he's kind of left there very injured. So then, while he's recovering, this millionaire guy approaches him, and he's like, Hey, I've developed this miraculous computer chip I can implant in your body. Because what happened was, I'm kind of all over the place. What happened was, in this car wreck, the guy ended up getting paralyzed from the neck down. So this guy has this computer chip that's going to give him control of his limbs and stuff. 
up until this point, I'm like, okay, this is RoboCop. I'm watching RoboCop, right? So once the guy gets control of his limbs through this computer chip, what ends up happening is the computer chip starts talking to him in his mind. And it's like super advanced AI. So it's RoboCop and Knight Rider. Maybe, like like merged <laughs> together. But what ends up happening is the guy, since he has control of his limbs, it goes into the typical revenge story. Like, I'm going to take out these guys who took my wife out. And uh, what it ends up leading to is the first guy he goes to confront, he almost gets killed by this guy. But the computer chip's like, I can help you out if you want me to. You just have to give me full control. And the guy's like, all right, you have full control. And then from there, he just goes nuts, like crazy kung fu like is there anyone like in this nicknamed in this movie (laughs) so the main character looks a lot like tom hardy but he's not (laughs) and i looked him up and the only thing i know him from is prometheus um as far as well-known actors not a lot this was kind of a lower budget movie oh um okay again ryan showed me a picture (laughs) yeah but um that he's so if you, you saw prometheus yeah. Right? So Prometheus is, that's the guy who gets infected first. I think he's mm-hmm. like one of the first guys to get infected. And then he passes the parasite off to Numi Rapis's character, who I'm blanking on her character's name right now. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. And then I, she's I the one so, who ends yeah. up having to get it pulled out of her stomach. and. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically what ends up happening is it becomes this really cool, crazy action scene, revenge story where... Every time the guy fights somebody, he gives this computer chip control and it just creates the craziest scenes because this AI is so advanced that wherever he is, it like his computer chip knows the most efficient way to kick somebody's ass or kill them. And it's like wildly entertaining. It's awesome. It's really interesting. But where do I find this? Uh, I got it at Redbox. Oh, okay. so it had a theatrical release. It just kind of. Well, I was just thinking, like, did you find it on Netflix? Radar. Like, where can I get my mm-hmm. hands on it? Yeah. This actually sounds kind of cool. So mm-hmm. the only drawback to the movie, I would say, is I don't think that the music was up to par with everything else going on because some of the fight scenes, I think they could have really had some really high energy music that would have just driven the point home even further. And I think what was given at certain parts of the music was just kind of a simple beat in the background where I'm like, oh, it's not getting me quite as pumped as I should be. But overall, I definitely recommend it. Get it at Redbox. It'll cost you less than two bucks. So <laughs> there <right>. you go. <laughs> Do you watch anything else? Um, you made it sound like you watched a whole bunch of stuff. I did, but I'm going to save some stuff for for next week. Okay, so. that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I well, TV's starting to come back. Like Big Bang Theory started last night. Uh, oh, right. I watched the preview. I watched the uh, season premiere for that. It was funny. Classic Big Bang Theory. Yeah. You know, made me laugh. Um, so, I mean, this is the last season, so, you know. Um, the other show that came back is I mentioned earlier in a few episodes ago that I watched The Resident over the summer, that hospital show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I speci- so that came back. The season premiere was last night. I watched that as well. I'm going to – let's put it this way. Um, this uh, episode really – like I was squirming in my seat watching this episode. And it's not because <laughs> there was some crazy like you know surgery stuff or some gross material on the thing. The, I, it was like – it was one of those things where you start thinking about internally, like the off-screen stuff that has to happen. Like when you get in, you get invested in the story, and then there's stuff going on off-screen that you can just imagine in your head. Okay. So there, it's just a standard day at the hospital. 
and suddenly there's a power outage. And the, like, there's a guy, there's, like, a surgeon, like, open-heart surgery going to make an incision, and the power just goes, doosh. Yeah, you never think of And he freezes. And suddenly it's like, everyone get the flashlights out before I move the scalpel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to, like, he's afraid whatever direction he moves the scalpel is going to cut the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. The whole episode was just unnerving because of some of the things that had to happen, and, like, because of the power outage, they have to evacuate some life support patients, but they have an ambulance coming in with a kid with a gunshot wound, mm. and the surgeon's like, there's no room, and they're like, well, we're going to build you an OR right now because we got to get the bullet out, so they make this makeshift like surgical room in the middle of the ER because there's mm. no other place to do this. Like, It was an insanely fast-paced, That's just cool. a really exciting episode, and I don't think I've ever seen on like a hospital show something like that. I love those sort of like... Yeah, it's a power outage, but you're put in a situation where it's made so drastic, and it's just, I never thought of how ridiculous it could get if that happened, so... No, yeah, it I was really just, like, like here's the thing, if, you, if you're if you not into The Resident, if you're that's not a show for you, but, you're, but because of me talking about it makes you think to yourself, hmm, I might give that show a shot, simply you could watch that one episode, and it stands on its own. It's great. Like, you don't have to know stuff from the previous season at all. You could mm-hmm. just watch this one episode as an isolated event. It's fantastic. Nice. So I was really I was really impressed with that. Uh, the other thing I watched this week is I finally watched Jurassic World 2. Fall, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Nice. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I've seen it. Okay. I really don't know how I feel about this movie. <laughs> so needless to say, this probably won't be making my top five of 2018 when we get to the end of the year. Um, Jurassic World, the first one, felt like a full, let's take, let's do, let's do Jurassic Park, the original, but turn everything up to 11 and just go ex- as extreme as humanly possible. So the mm-hmm. park is now open, like the dinosaur yeah. is extreme, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we'll do some callbacks to the original. This felt like we're going to do Jurassic Park 2 mm-hmm. again, yeah, and we're going to turn everything up to 11. <laughs> so by the middle of the movie, I'm like, I've watched this already. Fair enough. And like, I knew going in what I'm getting is Jurassic Park. No matter what Jurassic Park you're watching, you I know saying, how this goes. To be honest, when I saw the first trailer and kind of heard the synopsis, I was like, well, this is just the lost world. I mean, they're going to Site B. They're trying to save some species, whatever. Yeah, so, Anyways, let's, continue, so let's look at this. Yeah. We have Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, the Lost World, yes. Jurassic World, the Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So the next movie would have been Jurassic Park 3, so we're going to get Jurassic World 3. No, uh, no subtitle for that one? Probably not, because Jurassic Park didn't have a <laughs> okay, subtitle. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I just... I, I, to the point where I don't remember how the movie ended. In Jurassic World? Jurassic World 2. I cannot remember how the movie ended. Oh, wow. Okay. And I remember... I just remember, like, the next day, like... I gotta remember to talk about this on the podcast, and I'm like, I don't know how that movie ended. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I can't remember the exact details... I think, I, like, I remember what happened, but I don't remember exactly how everything I, played out. I, it just bothers me. I'm like, did I not like the movie that much? Do I yeah. need to rewatch it? Um, I, eventually, it'll hit HBO at some point, and I'll rewatch it, I guarantee. But I just, like, I don't remember how this movie finished. Can we go into spoilers a little bit? Sure. Care? Okay, spoiler warning for Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom. Skip the movie, the movie came out at the beginning of the summer, so it's, like, three months old. But, yeah, skip, <laughs> skip ahead if you want. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of movies from 2003, so I'm not going to blame you for not seeing this one. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the post credit scene, this isn't much of a spoiler, but 
it did you stay around for the post credit scene? I think so. Okay. It didn't show anything new. <laughs> because at the end of the of the movie it showed all the dinosaurs getting out into the public, like going out into the real world. Yeah. The post credit yes, scene all that's it did, how the movie ended. Yeah, yeah, yes. And then all that happened at the post credit scene is it showed some pterodactyls like landing in Vegas or something. Yes, yes. That and, is exactly okay. how the movie ended. So okay. I went to see the uh, this movie with my wife's family, and we were after the movie ended. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a post credit scene. So we're sitting in the theaters. I Google it really quick. I'm like, hey guys, you know, it, it turns out there is a post credit scene. So let's wait around couple rows in front of us, there's another family up there, and there's this kid who's like, hey guys, I just googled it, there's a post-credit scene, we gotta stay in our seats. So they stay, we stay, probably about three or four other groups of people stay in the theater till the very end. The post-credit scene comes on, the pterodactyls like fly to Vegas or whatever it is, land on top of a building, and it just fades, fades to black. And the kid a couple seats in front of me just yells on the top of his lungs, we waited for that. <laughs> like he was so pissed off, but it was so hilarious. So. That's uh, that's my whole story. I just thought look, it, I just thought it was funny how pointless the post credit scene was. Marvel so. Comics has taught the film industry and the general audience two things. One, you wait till the end of the credits. Yes, because I mean, the first movie I see saw do anything at the end of credits was Wayne's World one. And if you don't remember that scene, go back and watch Wayne's World. It was actually kind of a funny little bonus scene. And I, what I, I don't always stay, but I will. Like when I say I don't always stay, when I when Ryan and I went and saw Red Sparrow, I know there's nothing at the end of Red Sparrow, so I'm yeah. not going to wait. Um, so certain movies, most of the time, I'm in the audience and I'll wait till the end of the credits. So Marvel has taught people about that, and they've taught people about how continuity works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even with the Jurassic World franchise, you're still going to go, well, I got to wait for the end of the credits and I got it <laughs> sure. and I'm going to, but I have to see this movie before I see the next one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right on. Nice. <laughs> I don't have too much more to say about that movie. No, I just, I, I'm honestly, I just was baffled by like what I thought about it at the end. I'm just like, wow, that was, I was kind of, I understand what you mean. Like I wasn't necessarily super intrigued by the story, but by the end of it, I was kind of like, well, I got to see some dinosaurs chase each other around and people fight some dinosaurs and stuff. So I <laughs> well, saw it in theaters. So I was like, oh, that's worth seeing. We all, knew, we all knew walking into any Jurassic Park movie at this point, you know what you're getting into. Exactly. Sit down. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, does that? I think that covers it for me on the watch category. Okay, you're saving nice. yours. Yep. Uh, let's hit some news. Sounds great. Uh, before we jump into news, if this is your first time listening to us, uh, this show works on two kind. We have like two parts of the show. We do kind of like this upfront thing with chatting about things we've watched. We talk about some news, and then the back half of the show, we do a top five list. So mm-hmm. let's hit some news before we get to the back end. So sounds great. Um, so I actually wanted to follow up on the DC app that we were talking great. about last week. So. So you've had more time to play? I've had a little bit more time to explore. Um, Last week you had a lot of questions for how the comics were looking on there and how they worked, and I hadn't had a lot of time to look through them. So I I made a point of, like, taking some more time to do that this week. Um, To answer your question, because last week you were asking, do they have a lot of full story arcs? How does it work? Yeah, can you just grab Batman 300 and start reading? Yes, Yes and maybe, or no okay. and maybe, I guess I should say. So it seems to be sort of more of like a Netflix model where it's a kind of curated list of a bunch of comics. And, uh, for example, 
one of the best Superman series that came out recently, Superman Unchained, is on there. Okay. So I click on Superman Unchained. That was a really Unchained. good story arc. Yes. I click on Superman Unchained, and there's one issue. So I flip through the issue really quick, and when I get to the end, that's just it. So that's kind of the oh. weird thing. But then they'll have, like... Birds of Prey, like one of the uh, 90s iterations of Birds of Prey, and they'll have 36 issues. Oh. And so depending on what you look at, there's a lot to read. But a lot of this newer stuff, it seems like what they're doing is they they give you enough to hook you, and then they still want you either going to they want comicsology you, or going to the comic shop. They want shops. you to do that, or they want you to do brick and mortar, which, yeah, I, you know, reading digital comic, reading digitally, whether it's comic books or novels, I would rather have the paper copy in my hand. I prefer yeah, exactly. the paper copies. Make that old school if you want. But I also like having a library in my house. I like owning everything and having mm -hmm. it on a shelf. And, yeah. Um, Anyone who's been to my house knows the vast amount of books I have and comics and that kind of thing, and I enjoy that. Uh, reading digitally, I mean, that's kind of cool. Kevin Smith said in a podcast uh, maybe about a week ago that he thought it was cool how you'd watch a movie on the DC app, and at mm -hmm. the end of the movie, they would basically be like, oh, you liked that movie, check out this comic book, yeah. and it would have recommended things to read, not yeah, only on the awesome. site, but you know, at least to direct you to places to look for more. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it just bring, brings you back to the source material, which is an well, awesome thing they're doing. The, the the app is still, like, in the beginning, too. I mean, it's mm. only been out for a couple weeks, so you're yeah. looking at, we're going to get a lot more stuff coming, probably. Mm -hmm. And they'll probably look at that and go, oh, we should probably throw up more comics there because people are kind of buying into it, you know, so. Ex exactly. And to me, it actually, it kind of works out because I tend to be, a lot of times, drawn to a lot of the older, because a lot of... A lot of the comics that they have extensively on there are more 80s and 90s stuff, but I do tend to be drawn to that artwork a lot. So to me, it's actually kind of cool. Like, oh, there's a lot of older series I can read on here, um, but it's not it's not the best for staying up to date with everything. Right. Yet. So, so Marvel Comics has these books called the Essential, like the Essential Collection. So you get like Essential yeah. Spider-Man or Essential Avengers mm -hmm. or Essential Iron Man, whatever. And then, and it's basically all the old comics that you basically can't get your hands on anymore. And it's mm -hmm. in these giant collected volumes, which is awesome. There's no, they're all in black and white, but you get to read the stories, right? DC's version of that is called like Showcase. So like Showcase mm -hmm. Batman, Showcase Superman. It's all the old stuff. I really think in DC, if you're listening to this, uh, I think it'd be really cool if you guys continued the Showcase stuff. Because the Showcase only goes up to like the 80s and then it stops. Mm -hmm. But... Let's do a showcase series on the 90s. Let's do showcase 2000s. Let's do, you know, I just think it'd be really cool just for some yeah, of those older issues. Just make it cheaper. I mean, I have a lot of that stuff, but it'd be kind of cool because I know there's gaps in my collection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a, I don't mind having the gaps because there's always references that make me call back to go find the other books if I really want to go back and look for them. So. Yeah. The only issue I think I could be with that is towards like the mid 90s and on there started to be a little bit more variety and mediums that artists would use when they right. draw comics so there's more all digital ones as opposed to back in the day like everything was pen and ink it was you draw yeah, a comic that's and a pen good point. and ink and then you color it so there's still even okay. up to today okay just do the 90s showcase <laughs> no, but marvel like... <laughs> just do the 90s essentials <laughs> no, i mean i love the 90s comics i'm just kind of playing devil's advocate for no you, i but, hear you um either way i think you're right you could still print a lot of 
full color digital painted comics well, we were in black at, and white. So we were at C two E two in Chicago uh, earlier this year, and there was a booth that I was able to find one of the old showcase Batman mm-hmm. books, and it was like straight from the seventies, and I was like, awesome, mm-hmm. just because I didn't like I have a couple pieces from that era but not many so it was nice to just get the book so i'm waiting for that cold winter day when i don't want to go outside and i'm just going to crack that open and yeah. disappear for a few hours so that's awesome but yeah, yeah i mean i'd love to see on the app even them put a lot of that old stuff because i did see you can read action comics number one on there which is pretty cool but i don't know if they have a lot of uh issues after that so they probably have the number ones of everybody. So Action Comics mm-hmm. number one. At the very least, Detective Comics 27 is on there because that's the first appearance of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, Wonder Woman number one, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, again, just get the app. If you want to read some older comics, there's tons of it there. It's great for animated series and animated movies. And they've even got some of the newer movies on there. I well, think yeah, it's going to... I mean, what they're, I mean, Titans comes out in a few weeks, apparently. And that's so. where I think it's going to start getting really exciting. But, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, since we're talking DC, we have, so if you haven't, if depending on what you're following on the internet, your feed was just broken <laughs> by the footage of the Joker. Uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie is shooting right now. They released images of what he looks like in, his, uh, in street clothes and face makeup and full Joker costume. Uh, let's take this piece by piece, if you will. Sounds good. Because I don't know how I feel about certain aspects. I haven't decided. I'm kind of on the fence about some stuff, but I'm kind of trying to come to terms with things in my mind. So have you seen this footage of him just in his street clothes? Yes. Okay. I really liked those images. Okay. Just street clothes. Not Joker costume, not Joker makeup, just Joaquin Phoenix in the street clothes. He's walking along, and there's like a clown on the street that he interacts with. Have you seen I those images? I believe I've seen that. I've seen the... Uh... The video they released, which is what I thought you were originally talking oh, about, but no, they I, have. I, I believe I did see some images of Joaquin Phoenix, but I just didn't know if it was behind, like offset, or if it was. Oh, this these look the like street. like four or five stills of him just in regular street clothes on set okay. as the character, but he's not the Joker yet in these images, or he is the Joker, he just is not in makeup or anything. We don't know. Right. I really liked those because it had this like. There was this, like the sense of uneasiness when I was looking at him, like this creepy aspect. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Because yeah. we never really got, there's like barely any footage of Heath Ledger out of makeup. And you never see Jared Leto out of makeup. Uh, you got a lot of Jack Nicholson out of makeup because he had to become the Joker in that movie. So, and Cesar Romero in 1966 was always in makeup. <laughs> so, yeah. but Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, he, it was just, there was this uneasy, like creepiness about him that I really liked. So if you haven't seen those and try and find them, but I just, I wanted to say that I liked those images. Nice. Okay. Okay. Now let's talk about just the Joker face makeup because that was before we saw any Joker costume. What do you think of the makeup? So the makeup, I saw it, it wasn't necessarily what I expected. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to put into words how I feel. I guess I feel like it's good. Like, <laughs> it's hard to, like, formulate opinions for me. Well, he's but, a clown. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's more traditional clown than what you're used to seeing with the Joker. Exactly. And I, when I first saw the makeup with him with a big smile on his face, I was like, that's, I don't like it. Like, I just, okay. there was something I didn't, I'm like, I really don't like this look, right? And... 
yes, that Ryan's again showing me another picture. <laughs> uh, that um, the just the smile, like I'm like I don't dig it at all. But I saw a lot of like people like posting comparisons with pictures of Heath Ledger, pictures of Cesar Romero, pictures of the like if you like in the opening of the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger is wearing a clown mask over his face. Yeah. So he's yes he's the Joker underneath, but he's got a clown mask over that because he pulls it off. Um, they're showing comparisons of like that mask with the Heath, the, the Joaquin Phoenix makeup, like lots of I comparisons. And that. I started like think just thinking about clowns in general. I'm like, oh, I guess the makeup's actually not that bad. Yeah, I'm just, I'm still like uneasy that we're having a Joker movie. <laughs> I guess I don't know. So you mentioned Caesar Romero, and I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but from what I've heard. The very first appearance of Joker on the 66 Batman, his makeup actually looks pretty similar to Joaquin Phoenix's yeah, version. Yeah, and I'd have to go back and break out the Blu-rays yeah. and take a look at that. Because that, that's, that's just what I've heard, so that's kind of a cool throwback. And I think just because we've just had Jared Leto as Joker, and I think we will again as far as I know... I'm cool with them doing a different take. So when I saw that it was different than what I was used to, I was like, okay, this is interesting. In general, it gave me a much, and I don't even know if this is old enough, but like kind of a 70s vibe or an older vibe. Like this movie's not going to be 2018 when it takes place. It's right. going to be an older. So I kind of was just like, okay, it's older clown makeup. It's kind of an older vibe with his clothing. So I was kind of like, it's probably just going to be it way different we were we were at our nephew's first birthday this weekend and Mm -hmm. you me and our brother sean got into (laughs) a very like heated discussion over the joker like looks and takes and you know how the characters portrayed and stuff yeah sean does not like the new look of the joker at all which (laughs) i mean i can't pass judgment until i see the movie basically so i hope sean you eventually get on board with that but yeah i mean it's one of those things too with how many times have we all been wrong where everybody Well, I'm not saying Sean's wrong. No, I mean, just how many times have nerds in general been proven wrong when it's like, what, Ben Affleck's going to be Batman? That's going to suck. And then, you know. And you see the footage and the talk goes quiet. And everybody did the same thing with Heath Ledger going back to. You go all the way back to when the internet didn't exist and we had Michael Keaton as Batman. The exact same thing happened. So we can't pass judgment until we see it. Exactly. However, the footage of Joaquin Phoenix in full costume with the makeup is really growing on me. When you isolate the face, I really didn't know what I thought. Mm-hmm. But when I saw him in the full costume, I was like, okay, I kind of see. But it's standard Joker costume, mm-hmm. you know? There is some footage of, yeah, Ryan here is showing us some uh, costume picture comparisons of uh, Okay, Joker and that makeup. has the Cesar Romero, okay, mask. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. It's too bad this is an audio show and we can't show the audience's yeah. <laughs> pictures. Ryan's popping up. Um, no, but the uh, there's some footage. It was like someone was snapping a cell phone video of this clip, and in this this is definitely spoiler material because <laughs> this is like the movie's shooting right now. There is a scene where there's a sub. It's like it looks like it's a subway station. Yeah. And suddenly in the scene, clearly you hear someone yell "action," and everyone just like panics and runs away from the subway. And then the Joker walks out of the subway and starts walking towards the and walks right past the camera. I aside from the Joker and exiting a subway, I don't know what's going on, so it's not really uh, spoiler material. But in that shot, seeing him in motion, makeup, costume, everything, I was like, "All right, mm-hmm. yes," and. 
that video right there that Ryan is finding is one of the pieces. Ryan's holding up, up the uh, video footage, and that's actually the first thing. Yeah, that's the first. You're thing You're talking I about saw the di- okay. That yeah, that was the well, first no, that's thing I... that's the thing I saw with first thing I saw with the makeup. But what I was talking about was there are screenshots of him. There's photos of him on set in just standard street clothes. And I think I might have seen those. I'm just not certain. But um, one of the funniest criticisms I've heard of it, or I don't even know if it's a criticism, but just kind of a joke, is that he looks like when... So if there was like a DC fighting game and two people picked Joker, he would be the alternate version of Heath Ledger's (laughs) Joker, which I think is really funny. Um, But in general, I mean... He looks like the Joker at this point. It's just slightly different makeup. And we don't even know. That might be his first iteration of makeup, too. So not only not only that, but this is not proper lighting. This is not... We don't know how dark they're taking this. It, we can't pass judgment yet. So exactly. I, I... Look, what the visuals are are growing on me just thinking about the possibilities. So, I mean, I still don't know how you're going to do a Joker movie without Batman. So, I guess we'll see. But... Um, yeah. <laughs> so, anything else on the Joker before we shift gears? No, I mean, I think that's all. It's just, to me, it's still kind of weird that there's going to be multiple Jokers at once, as far as I know, but we'll just, I'll just hold my judgment till I see some trailers and kind of see where DC's taking it right now. So. All right. Well, let's shift gears real quick before we jump on the list and talk about uh, the Disney shareholder meeting that took place uh, a by the time this episode goes up, it'll be about a week and a week and a half ago. Sounds good. So uh, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, released some uh, comments about some very important issues regarding like the future of Disney and where we're going with things. Uh, let's talk Star Wars first because there's been a lot of there's been a lot of I want to I don't want to say backlash, but like fan uproar about the speed at which these Star Wars movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. And so when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they said they wanted to do one Star Wars movie a year. Awesome. That sounds cool. When when I hear that news, I'm like, oh, this is the best time to be a Star yeah. Wars fan. Great. Well, it, this is the best time to be a Star Wars fan. So awesome. Let's just all, always Star Wars all the time. Not thinking that, you know, you got Force Awakens and then a year later we got Rogue One and then a year later we got... Yeah. Last Last Jedi, that's one a year. And then six months after that, we got Solo. And Solo didn't perform at the box office. Well, is it because we didn't give a year or is there other factors involved? Regardless, but somehow having two or three movies out in a year works for Marvel. But the difference between that is Star Wars is episodic and it's a saga and it builds on nostalgia where Marvel is a television show. Yeah. And if I don't watch the next movie, I can't watch the mo- I can't watch the Avengers movie that I'm really excited about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Marvel also each movie has like slightly different looks to it and focuses on different characters. So even though Solo didn't focused on completely different characters than The Last Jedi, it still was in the it Star still Wars has universe. To be Star Wars. It still uses similar filters on the cameras and similar looking sets. Yeah, there's an authentic piece to it. Exactly. You know. So regardless, Bob Iger says that they are going to slow down Star Wars. So they are still planning on uh, things. So they're slowing it down. I don't know what that means because he was very vague on what that yeah. meant. So does that mean maybe every other year? It doesn't matter. All I know is I hadn't gotten done processing The Last Jedi by the time Solo came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, Solo, by the way, is now on 
home video and <laughs> I'm going to be, that's going to be on repeat in my house for the next month. Yeah. But either way, I haven't had a chance to finish processing The Last Jedi. Do you remember, like, we would go to the theater, we'd watch episode two, and we know we have three years until episode three came out. I get the movie home, and I watched it many, many, many times before episode three even came out, and I had dissected every moment of the movie, and then here's episode three, here we go. I haven't been able to do that with these newer movies. Mm -hmm. So Sure. I mean, I've heard people jokingly say that... When the prequels were coming out, you had a long enough time to forget how bad the one was before. I like the prequels, so I'm not trying to throw shade at it, but I thought it was a funny comment. But um, I've also heard people just speculate that maybe Bob Iger is being vague, so if they decide, like... To turn around on this and... Or just, like, so they can kind of take their time. And let's say, like, he says they're slowing down a lot, and let's say they think that Last Jedi was the wrong direction for Star Wars... But we can't say that Hypothetically. Yet. But but let's say they do say that, and they're like, well, we don't want to do Ryan Johnson's trilogy that we promised him before. They might just slow it down to the point that that just slows to a crawl and never happens. Well, it's interesting that sure. you say that, because Bob Iger did reiterate what Star Wars projects are still happening. And, okay, so then what did he say? So, um... The the timely deci- he said that the timely decision this is I don't have a direct quote for this because mm-hmm. it was a very bizarre quote to try and <laughs> I have quotes for the other things he said yeah. but this was a very bizarre quote to try and dissect so <laughs> I kind enough. of broke it up into bullet points that's fine so he said it's a it was a timely decision that was overlooked to have them out that fast mm-hmm. okay. okay he said that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is still happening okay he said that they are still planning on standalone films. We still don't know what that means. They don't know what's happening after episode 9 as of now, but I know that the good hands at Lucasfilm are pumping out story stuff to try and figure it out. So that we don't so that means are we getting a standalone movie? Are we getting Ryan Johnson trilogy? Or he said that the sh- so David Benioff and DB Weiss from Game of Thrones, the showrunners, were signed to do a trilogy for Star Wars. That trilogy is still happening. Mm-hmm. So, in what order do these come out? Are still unsure post episode nine. Mm-hmm. But all this stuff is still happening. But we just don't know in what order, what the how that's working, or so, when even they will. Right, happen, exactly. So. so they might go. Here's episode nine, and then we might wait a year before we actually hear anything. They might keep everything quiet, and they might be like, "Hey, we're gonna do the first Ryan Johnson movie. Awesome." Mm-hmm. But they've been quiet and filming it for a year and not letting anyone know. You know, who knows what the plan is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Disney's maybe biggest mistake might have just been not releasing Solo around Christmas. Because, I mean, they had... Three movies yeah, three on movies. Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah, all in a row. They got everybody into that ritual. So, And I know The Last Jedi rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way, so a lot of people weren't itching to come back to Star Wars, but maybe if it was around Christmas, they'd be like, well, I do like this Christmas feeling and going to Star Wars around, like, they like the ritual of it, so maybe they'd return, so right. well, I kind of see it as, like, if it ain't broke, why did you try to fix it sort of thing, but... Yeah, I don't know, but, so Star Wars aside, that's some of the things they mentioned, but moving on from Star Wars, uh, Bob Iger talked real briefly about the James Gunn firing, and he simply stated that it was a decision that was made from, it was brought up to him from a lot of factors, and then when the decision was finally made, and he said, and I quote, I have not second-guessed that decision. 
So to me, that certainly sounds like the nail in the co- the final nail in the coffin, <laughs> and James Gunn is not returning. However, it does sound I don't have a direct quote for this one, but it does sound like they're going to be using his script. Oh, well, I mean, so that's, that's probably the better of the that's probably the best case scenario we're getting out of that. Yeah, issue. I mean, if you want to compare it to, uh, I remember when Ant Man was first in development, and originally it was supposed to be directed by Edgar Wright, who, if you don't know, did like Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim and a lot of really good movies. But when he uh, he conflicted with the studio quite a bit, and. Uh, he, he conflicted with the studio quite a bit and ended up leaving. And a lot of my friends that I know were, like, upset about it. They're like, well, that sucks that Edgar Wright's not going to do it anymore. You know, I'm not going to see that movie. But when Ant-Man came out, they all went to see it. Right. <laughs> like, they were first the first people in line. And I feel like if you're Disney and you're the Marvel Universe, like, getting rid of a director you probably don't think is going to really affect right. you too and much. And it's interesting that you say that because that's going to bring me to my next point. Nice. So in the shareholder meeting, and this was the big one, there's direct quotes here. This regards X-Men because we've been asking about how the X-Men are going to be integrated, how the Fantastic Four are going to be integrated. Mm-hmm. There is no discussion about Fantastic Four, which is fine. They probably don't know what they're doing yet. So he said, and I think it only makes sense, I want to be careful here because of what's already been communicated to the folks at Fox. But I think they know it only makes sense for Marvel to be supervised by only one entity. There should not be two Marvels. So X-Men is coming in and Kevin Feige will be 100% overseeing X-Men. Which is great because mm-hmm. you have the guy who's in charge of all the Marvel movies and he's going to handle the integration. Awesome. Now we don't know if that's going to happen to Dark Phoenix or New Mutants which comes out next year. But I thought that was good news. Yeah, for sure. Someone at the press conference asked, so is Deadpool an Avenger? (laughs) And Bob Iger's response was, Kevin has a lot of ideas. I'm not suggesting that's one of them, but who knows? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's really all Bob Iger had to say. But when you said losing a director and knowing Disney has like, well, we lost one, but we have this other option... Simon Kinberg has been fully in charge of X-Men the whole time. Mm -hmm. And what happens to Simon Kinberg if Kevin Feige is taking over X-Men? It probably just depends, you know, it does, do they want to play well with each other or are they going to be having conflicting views the whole time? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just something only time will tell, I feel. Right, Um, and I would, I would hope that if Dark Phoenix and New Mutants have anything in any connection to the Marvel Universe or the Marvel movies that Simon Kingberg would be kept on for like creative consultant work or hey we're bringing Simon Kingberg onto the X-Men stuff just to make sure everything is a smooth transition or hey come play with us and tell us how you do things let's you know and then you have the Kevin Feige, Simon Kimberg partnership. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that could I think be that would be awesome. Interesting, yeah. Um, you did mention Deadpool, and that's the one... I've been talking to people about this a little bit since all this news has came out. That's the one facet of the Fox X-Men universe, uh, whatever you want to call it, that I'm kind of worried about because I kind of just like that Deadpool, even though the X-Men had a cameo in the last Deadpool movie, I kind of like that he's kind of off on his own and he has his own little corner where he can 
kind of make fun of every other stu- superhero universe, and, and I kind I, of I I and yes, and I know exactly where you're going with this. And they even have an X Force movie planned before mm-hmm. the sale went through. So I hope exactly. that nothing. I hope that there's more Deadpool to come. And I, I just I don't know if I want. Them. I mean, Ryan Reynolds might not want to do more, but I hope there's more. I don't I don't know if I want them releasing like the family friendly PG thirteen Deadpool or no maybe not at trying all. to shoehorn Deadpool into the Avengers or other things like I want it to be an organic transition with him but I personally I think I'm always just gonna love that weird little Deadpool corner of superhero movies and I kind of hope that stays in I don't so. think Ryan Reynolds would let Deadpool like Ryan Reynolds his involvement in the making Deadpool be what it is yeah or what it was when they got it off the ground or for the first movie I don't think Ryan Reynolds would allow Deadpool to become the PG-13 Deadpool. Yeah. It'd be different if they were able to say, hey, the movie's PG-13, you're strictly in for a cameo. That's a different level of a PG-13 Deadpool as opposed to a full PG-13 Deadpool movie. So I think Deadpool always needs to be rated R. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, all right. Well... Disney seems to always know what they're doing, and they always make good choices. So, you've <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first. No, I mean that's a very broad statement, but I, it is. They they do have a good track record so far, so I know what you mean. And to be honest, I've been kind of itching for the X Men to be rebooted for some time, so I'm kind of just curious where they're going to go with it. So, right. Well, are you, do you want to get to the list? Sounds great. Awesome. Um, yeah, this list was my pick. So. Uh, uh, Ryan, well, we got a suggestion of adding like a musical like bumper. I think I, I don't remember. I might have talked about this last week to interlude into the top five list aspect mm-hmm. of our show. Ryan is actually hard at work and sent me a f- interesting audio clip that made me laugh. Um, so he's clearly <laughs> working on something. He's shaking his head and says he's not, but he's <laughs> he's clearly working on something. And him and I have talked a little bit. So. Um, We'll see. Hopefully, we get like a bumper in there. But I think it'd be kind of cool to have like a really? musical. Yes, we'll have something. <laughs> uh, at any rate, so again, if this is your first time listening to us, our first half of the show is over. We're now going to discuss the main topic, which is a uh, top five list. Yeah. And it's basically a top five of our favorite something. Uh, this week, we're going to do top five road trip movies. Um, I thought this was a really good idea when I came up with the idea for the list. Not realizing how difficult of a list this was going to be. And not difficult like I couldn't find road trip movies. It was like, oh my god, that's another movie. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. You know? no. Yeah. So the criteria in my mind for this was strictly someone having to take a trip from point A to point B and the crazy antics to get them there. Sure. So, so that's really all I was thinking when I was doing this. And I'm like, wow, this is a very interesting lit, uh, thing. And I... I'm having a hard, like, I have one honorable mention at this point, and I really think I should have multiple, and I don't know how to... <laughs> I'm surprised you only have one, but that's fine. I know. Yeah. I, I really don't know how to, like, you know what? Okay. I can't decide between two movies for an honorable mention, so okay. I will try and decide before I get to my second one. But Sounds great. Anyway, um, since it was my pick, uh, you get to go first. Sounds great. Okay, so I have uh, two honorable mentions. Uh, the first one I want to uh, mention is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So yeah. this is obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously, but it's 
Jay and Silent Bob traveling to Hollywood to stop a movie being made that's about characters from an independent comic book that are based on them. Um, you know what sucks is I forgot about this movie. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Because um, I have I have like a really personal like story with this movie. So okay. Um, I that might awesome. I might be changing my list. So just. Talk and entertain the people while I think about this. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, obviously, a lot of hijinks ensue on their trip to stop this movie. And basically, the only reason they're doing it is to stop people on the internet from uh, trash-talking them. This movie, um, I think it's an extremely dumb in the best way. I love this movie. It's one of those... Back on the sitcom episode... Okay, I figured I it out. How, Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Back on the sim- sitcom episode, I mentioned how... Uh, Friends is always on in the background um, that like where I live like we're always just watching Friends if there's nothing else to watch or you're cleaning the house or something put Friends on Jay and Silent Bob's kind of the same way like me and my wife if we can't think of what to watch it's just like oh we'll put Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back in because it's just like it's good to space out too there's a lot of funny parts I just love the movie I think there's bad acting in it i think there's bad <laughs> jokes but i think there's also great jokes in the best way possible so right. there's also a lot of we obviously are superhero fans on the movie and there's tons of superhero parodies in it as well right. so so looking back at my list i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to jay and silent bob sounds great uh because i want to share the story but i want to <coughs> make it into my list because i forgot for i don't know why i forgot about this movie so kevin smith if you're listening i didn't mean to forget about it um but no this is actually i have a very personal story that involved with this movie so we're going to come back cool. to that um so that would make uh, my first honorable mention and you're going to laugh at me when i say this but it's crossroads britney spears <laughs> i've never seen it okay. to be honest the reason this movie comes up and the reason this is this is an honorable mention simply because of a sentimental value I had, at the time of that movie coming out, a crush on Britney Spears, what guy didn't at that era, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So the movie came out, and I'm like, I'll go see Britney Spears in a movie. Me and a bunch of friends went and saw this movie together. It was kind of like a joke for them, but, you know, like I said, I had a crush on Britney Spears, and I'm not going to hide it. I wear all my fandoms on my sleeve. (laughs) So um, we, uh, we go see this movie. We get out of the movie theater. It's probably, like, maybe 9 o'clock. And we're all driving, like, we're all in one car. We're driving somewhere, and someone made a joke about going on a road trip, like, in the movie. Oh, okay. And then someone goes, we should just do it right now. And we all went, huh, you know what? (laughs) Let's go. And we just started driving. And I remember pulling off, so if everyone, so we live in the Chicagoland area. Mm -hmm. I remember pulling off the side of the road somewhere in Kansas to call in sick to work. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> um, we just went to a road trip, like went down to Kansas City and drove back. Mm-hmm. Like we stayed, we stayed the night at some point and drove back, and it was just kind of like a funny little like thing. And it just the sentiment, the sen- the sentimental value of how that movie got us onto that adventure yeah. made me laugh. So I had to, I wanted to talk about it that tonight because I that, love so. that concept too. Because in the hierarchy of art and like. What movie changed your life? <laughs> what movie could compel you to do this or that or drive across country? And for you, it's Crossroads with Britney Spears. So. <laughs> right. right. But no, I love it. That's a great story. And I like yeah. uh, 
even, you know, you wouldn't realize, like, that movie. I haven't seen it, so I don't know how good or bad it is. And it, even though it, you the know what? it is funny, I love the idea just it's, that it's a movie could convince you to do very predictable, that, you know? and I'll tell you, if you're a Dan Aykroyd fan, he's in the movie and he's pretty good. Oh, so. interesting. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Sweet. Uh, I guess that's on to my next that's one. That's on okay. next one. So the next movie I have on my list is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, that's a great movie. Yeah, this movie is a classic. It's... Um, Basically, Steve Martin and John Candy both play different characters trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Um, I think they're on a flight that was canceled for some reason, and they basically have to team up going through all sorts of different methods of transportation, hotels, whatever, trying to get home. Um, I guess the... uh, uh, the funny parts about it, I guess, is just that John Candy's character is just so hard to get along with and has so many, like annoying tendencies and stuff but it leads to a lot of like really hilarious parts and then also just this movie has a lot of heart to it by the end it's just kind of seeing uh steve martin like grow an appreciation for this guy that he couldn't stand a couple days earlier in the movie my favorite scene of that movie and i'd love to quote it but we try and keep this a little family friendly for everybody (laughs) (laughs) for our audiences because i know i know there's kids listening to the show because i've been told hey my kid likes your show okay so i don't want to like go too heavy on the profanity but my favorite scene in that movie is when steve martin loses his rental car and has to walk back into the terminal (laughs) and he's like he's just the end of his rope and he reams out the lady at the rental car place. <laughs> that's that that's probably great. my favorite scene of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So Nice. Yeah. I mean, I always remember that classic. Uh, they actually parodied it in Ted, but it's one like... John Candy's driving the car and he, he kind of space out spaces out and gets into the music and I think he lights the car on fire and like crashes and it's pretty great. Um, oh, another really cool thing about this movie is it's one of the few Thanksgiving movies and it's really great. Like if we did, I don't know if there are five Thanksgiving movies, but if we did a top five list, like this would be on there because that's interesting. Yeah, this is a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. movie. That means I can name two Thanksgiving movies. <laughs> okay, so nice. um. Yeah, all right. I thought I could only name one, and there's <laughs> apparently two things. So there you go. Um, all right, well, so my next pick is uh, We're the Millers. Oh, okay. Have yeah, you seen okay. this? I, um, Ryan's shaking his head. Ryan, you need to see We're the Millers. This, this was on my short list. I thought I didn't include it at first, but yeah, this is a good This movie is sure. great, and it's it, Jason Sudeikis is a drug dealer, and he gets roped into being a drug mule <laughs> to bring some pot back from Mexico, and he thinks it's just a pinch of pot, like a tiny little, you know, lo- a little bit that he's bringing like a backpack worth, and he yeah. gets down there, and it's like a camper's worth of pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So him, Jennifer Aniston, uh, like, I can't remember the kid actors that are in yeah. it, but they... Uh, it's Emma, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, thank you. name is. And but, they yeah. basically form a... They kind of fake being a family going mm-hmm. to Mexico on a vacation to bring the pot back across the border. Yeah. But it's some of the funniest stuff that happens <laughs> in that movie. So it and it's mostly there's so many one liners yeah. that are great about that movie. So yeah, we're the millers. I just I thought it was fantastic. So that's a good one. Am I uh it's everybody's favorite part I feel, but the guy's uh 
Emma Roberts' character like ends up kind of dating a carny at one Oh point. yeah, the kid with the he's tattoos. Got the tattoo that says "No regrets" spelled with like an A after the R. <laughs> no regret, no regrets. <laughs> yeah. It's my credo. <laughs> and uh, Jason Sudeikis is just like, really, not even one letter. <laughs> it's pretty great. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was in the trailer, so I didn't laugh at it the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, could have, but yeah. Um, Okay, now we're on to actual picks, so... Sounds good. Uh, On to my first pick. So this one is interesting because I don't know if it counts, so I'll let you be the judge. But the first pick on my list is Into the Wild. So the reason Um, I don't know if it counts is it's not a specific... Yeah, I'll I'll give... Yeah, it counted. Because it's about life on the road, but it's not about a specific... I'm trying to get from point A to point B, but... Yeah, no, it it counts. Okay, awesome. Into the Wild's based on the true story of... uh, this guy who graduates college and just decides, you know, like, damn the man, like, I don't want to join the corporate world, I want to go live in the wilderness and live off the land. So he donates all his money to char- charity, takes his uh, kind of beat down car on the road and just goes from there and sees where the road takes him. Um, this is a cool movie because it's kind of crazy because the ending of the movie is kind of tragic and you see where this guy actually had a good thing going for him the way he was living and where it kind of turned bad. And you can kind of see if you're actually inspired to take such an extreme step as living in this manner, you kind of have to see having a connection to society will still help you in the long run. Gotta know your plants. (laughs) That's that's another very good point. Um, But what's also funny about this movie is I know so many people who have said like oh after watching that movie like i want to go do that i want to like quit my job and go <laughs> live on the road and live in the wilderness and stuff and it's kind of funny because like i said it is a tragic end so it's like really you want to do what that guy did but i think it's a really good movie and it's really just eye-opening in general to how many how much of the social norms and kind of just you know corporate world do you really need to right. take advantage of or it's a meal hirsch of, right you know? yeah meal hirsch yeah, yeah. So, not too much to say. I just think it's a great film in general and a really cool story. So, Awesome. I agree. Um, so, my next pick is going to... I feel like mine are all comedies, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Euro Trip. <laughs> okay. I forgot about this one, but I love this movie. Um, Road Trip kind of spawned... The movie Road Trip kind of mm-hmm. spawned a sense of, hey, Euro Trip, and then, mm-hmm. like... I feel like there's, like, three or four other ones, but... Um, <laughs> Euro Trip, in my opinion, was the just far more superior, and it's about a guy who falls in love with a girl, like in Germany, and he goes on a trip to, you know, find her. Mm-hmm. But it's just absolutely hysterical from beginning to end, and I couldn't have pred- like it, the story itself is predictable, but you can't predict half of the hijinks that happens oh, in the yeah. movie. Like it's it's just too good. It's so, so great. Like uh, from the party at the beginning where. Uh... The whole, like, Scotty doesn't know song and scene was just so hilarious. And, like, I just remember by the end of the movie, they end up, like, in the Vatican, like, <laughs> behind, like, closed doors where they shouldn't be and just causing all this crazy stuff to go Well, the I also, where... bringing up the song, like, that song became, like, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best running gags in a movie in a very long time. Because oh, yeah. they don't do running gags really anymore. And the Scotty doesn't know song at the beginning of the movie because the main character's girlfriend's cheating on him and then there's a and then there's that song that the the guy she's cheating on him with writes the song <laughs> called Scotty doesn't know and he's like oh this is about me and then later they're 
in Europe and they're hearing the song in various forms. <laughs> yeah. There's like a techno version and someone's got it as a ringtone and like it's... <laughs> Another running gag is uh, the main, or Scotty in the movie waking up after uh, waking up hungover basically numerous times just going, I'm never drinking again and then right. little do we know it's going to happen again. <laughs> right. But uh, um, this movie has, it has so many good parts. Like I, my favorite part overall is where they're in, I think, think london maybe and there's a street performer who's this guy dressed as a robot they were in france in france okay yeah, so they were in line for the louvre when, oh yeah yeah you're right so he's like moving like a robot talking like a robot you know making change on the uh, street and uh one of the main characters i don't remember it why, was scotty just, okay yes but I, I don't remember why i think he was just like kind of making fun of the he guy he was he was like anybody could do this <laughs> <laughs> and then they end up getting into this robot battle that's like amazing so um Another funny aspect of this movie is when I was in high school, there was a girl in my class who was from Germany, like she's a foreign exchange student, and that movie came out like shortly before she joined our class. So I was pretty good friends with her, and I asked her like, "So Euro trip, how accurate is that to like German stuff or European stuff?" And she did not find that amusing. She was like, <laughs> "Don't even bring that up." And then I remembered like in the movie you have like the German kid doing, like, Nazi walks and right. stuff like that, and it's horrible. Right. Well, I've, I've heard many things about how Germany is very, like, trying to kind of put that in their oh, past. Oh, exactly, like, yeah. video, Like, Call of Duty video games, if they're World War II-based, all the Nazi stuff has to be removed from the game. Oh, I didn't even know it was that yeah, far, like, but... It's, yeah, it's big time, like, just yeah. get it out of, you know, mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So, um, yeah, hey, your next pick. Oh, sweet. So my next pick is a Goofy movie. So, Andy, I know you love this This made my list, too. Awesome. Um, I love this film. I think when this came out, I was a young teenager. Maybe I was 11 or 12. Oh, really? Okay. So, this is... When it came out in my childhood, it was just, like, the cool Disney movie. Like, this was the... I don't know. Like, there were... It, It actually focused on, like, I guess, teenage themes, which I thought was really interesting, but... Just the characters in the movie and the songs and like everything, I think is really great. Like I, this was a fan. It's it's an amazing movie, and I was shocked at how much I liked it because I've never been a fan of Goofy. But I mean, this is just Goofy going on a road trip with his kid. Yeah, and his kid doesn't want to go because he finally got the hot girl in school to like him, <laughs> and <laughs> and he makes up this lie about how he's gonna get on stage. His dad's taking him to some rock concert in LA and he's going to get up on stage and dance like the final number or something and it becomes a big talk of the town while he's gone and he has to try and pull it off without his dad knowing and it's (laughs) (laughs) so the the comedy in the movie is fantastic but like it's also a really touching story exactly so I agree with that and just the the way they do the jokes in the movie there's so much just parts where just things in the background just characters like there's in the background of the movie, they've got nuns everywhere. Like, every time they stop somewhere, there's nuns doing something ridiculous in back in the background, or there's, like, an Elvis impersonator. They and also stuff. do... I know a lot of comedies nowadays are known for, like, deadpan humor. Mm-hmm. There's actually, like, a lot of deadpan humor in this movie. Exactly. Like, pre-this comedy era. Like, you know, it was almost, like, very ahead of its time in terms of, like, the yeah. type of comedy they were doing. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just... I've heard... Uh, I know one guy who criticized the movie once and said... Yeah, Goofy movie is actually pretty boring, except for the two power line numbers. And I'm like, dude, no, it's not. There's so much subtle like jokes There's in it and so characters, many and it's jokes. just so good. So yeah, um, great. Well, I guess we can move on from a Goofy movie Sounds since they're both picks. So, so go ahead, it's your next bit. Yeah. 
Okay, so the next one I have on my list is uh, Fanboys. Oh. Did I match you for this you one? You matched no? me for okay, that one, nice. too. So uh, let's talk Fanboys. So, so yeah, Fanboys was um, the much-anticipated comedy about Star Wars that we all kind of thought never would be released because... Lucasfilm was kind of putting a halt to it. and No, uh, I don't think it was Lucasfilm putting a halt. Okay, then um, clarify. So, I followed this movie's release very, very closely, and I wish we could get Kyle Newman on to explain some <laughs> of this stuff. Kyle yeah. Newman's the director. I'll tweet him later and let him know we chatted about the movie. Nice. But from what I understand, there was some notes where, like, so the basic premise of this movie is, actually, let me back up. In 1999, when Star Wars Episode <laughs> One was being released... There was a lot of news reports about people trying to steal copies of the movie before it hit the theaters. Like, they were trying to hijack trucks getting the prints to the theaters. And someone, uh, Ernie Klein, who wrote Ready Player One, with Kyle Newman, who directed the movie, put together... um, I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure they co-wrote it. They put it together, uh, this idea to steal a copy of episode one before it hits theaters. So the movie takes place in 99 before the movie releases and for the i guess the driving force of the movie to cause the road trip to happen is one of the kids is dying of cancer and he's not going to live to see the movie so the reason they're going to go steal a print is because that's the one thing he wants to do so they're going to drive across country steal the copy of the movie so he can see it Mm -hmm. uh, before he dies from what i understand they had notes because uh People tried to stop the movie because they were saying cancer is not funny. Oh, okay. And so that's part of it. That's part of it. I never heard about that. Cancer is never a joke in the movie. Cancer was a serious part of the movie. The jokes were all Star Wars based. They were writing a love letter (laughs) to Star Wars. Exactly. It was like, we're fans of Star Wars and we're making this movie because we like Star Wars. This is just the driving force to get them on the road trip. Um, the other piece that really halted things is from what I from understand, Lucasfilm was very for this movie and let them shoot on Skywalker Ranch and actually use real props and that kind of stuff, where it was the Star Trek side of things that was not. <laughs> okay. So they okay. make fun of Star Wars just as much as they make fun of Star Trek. Yeah. They do embrace Star Wars more because of the subject matter of the movie, but they make fun of both. And I guess Gene Roddenberry's people were very against that. So if you watch the movie, anything Star Trek related is not official Star Trek stuff because they couldn't get the licensing rights mm-hmm. for it. And it's very noticeable. But I I just that's so weird to me because to me, Star Wars versus Star Trek, it's always like the Cubs versus Sox. Like it's like a sports rivalry that people like talk crap to each other about like liking a different sports team or liking a different sci-fi series, but it I always thought it was kind of like in loving, like kind of in a loving way to each other and stuff like that. So it's kind of weird the whole like, this we don't want Star Trek to be trash talked at all because it's sure it's, it's fun. But like, I mean, <laughs> so many people in this movie. William Shatner's in the movie, mm-hmm. and Billy D. Williams and Carrie Fisher, and I mean, they really stack. Like, there's a great scene of Seth Rogen fighting Seth Rogen. Like he plays two different characters, but if you watch the scene closely, it's Seth Rogen fighting Seth yeah. Rogen, which is really funny. But Aside from it being, like, standard road trip antics, it was a very touching and charming movie. Yeah. 
And I would, I wish they'd make it. I honestly, I wish they'd make a second one because of the resurgence yeah, of the Star Wars with Disney. Like, you know, I mean, get Dan Fogler back. Get the guy. You know, do you think Disney would allow it at this point? Because that's what I don't know. Okay. I just, I think something. I just think something like this would be really, really cool to do. Just because of, hey, Disney bought Lucasfilm. We can go all the way back to like before Force Awakens comes yeah. out and tell that story. Like. They made that announcement of Lucasfilm being buying bought by Disney, and that's all anyone could talk about, because you know some people were like, "Oh, Disney's going to ruin Star Wars," and some of us were like, "No, this is like the best thing ever because we're getting more Star Wars." <laughs> exactly. So, um, no, that I loved that movie, and one of my favorite scenes of the movie is it's a very quiet scene. There's really no dialogue. It's when he, it's when the kid finally gets to see the movie, and he's sitting there in the theater. It's quiet. The movie starts, and like, I—I'll be honest. I rolled a tear at that mm-hmm. one scene, and it's just a, this very simple scene. And I don't know what the actor actually was because the camera's on the actor the whole time, and it's clear that he's watching something. But I can't tell. I, I would assume they have Star Wars playing, but the, the whatever he's watching, he played that so well mm-hmm. that I just—you just feel all the weight of that emotion. Yeah, and, you know, so. Um, there's one aspect of this movie I wanted to mention. I think, so at the very beginning of the movie, they have a crawl and the crawl is hilarious. All the, how it's written and everything. And it's kind of a big joke. Like I think it says sent from my iPhone. Yeah. And, um, but I think the very, or one of the first words of the crawl is it's something like the year is 1999. It's a dark time for star Wars fans because this was like, Right before episode was, one was the end of the dark was era. Was the end of the dark times, and for <laughs> you kids who are listening to this now, you're living in like the <laughs> best era of Star Wars. There, there was a time from 1983 to 1997 was the dark times. Yeah, and you know, well, there was no Star Wars. The thing that I think is funny is when fanboys came out, it was between the prequels and the force awakens and it was during another dark time and i know for me like when it came out for me i was not necessarily into as many nerdy stuff as i was and like in high school like i was all about comics and uh, star wars and i started to kind of grow away from that and seeing fanboys and for me in a lot of ways brought me back to a lot of the stuff that i still love today to, to from today you know brought me back to star wars and comics and stuff so it kind of like that dark time thing like it took me from a dark time back to all the stuff i used to love so that's an awesome piece of the movie and uh another part of the movie that i like a lot is uh the main character is kind of the same way like he used to be a huge star wars nerd and started growing away from it but he's brought back into it and he's brought back into like drawing comics which was his old dream and uh for me, it's just kind of like really inspiring. Like I watch the movie and I want to go out and do creative things. Like I want to go make my own thing. Like I want to create my own Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, that's I know exactly what the, you're talking about. And like I think like uh, like once someday we could do like a top five pieces of entertainment to inspire creativity. And for me, Fanboys is definitely one of them. Like it's one of those movies that it's it feels good it feels good to watch it's funny but it also is inspiring well, so. save that list hit, hit me <laughs> with it whenever you want to do it but <laughs> sounds good it's such a charming movie and we could be gushing about this all night <laughs> yeah so, for sure um, we get, there's a lot to say and Kristen Bell is fantastic in this movie too she's one of the big named actors mm-hmm. uh, Jay Baruchel Dan Fogler um Dan Fogler, by the way, I don't know if, have you seen the, uh, this is a tangent, but have you seen Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? No. He is the best part of that movie. Like, 
I kind of was a little bit disappointed with Fantastic Beasts, but he like knocks it out. I of hear part. a lot he of people are disappointed with Fantastic okay. Beasts. Yeah, so. but he's like. Like, he was funny in Fanboys, but he's just really growing into a good actor that I don't think is getting enough recognition, so... Sure. Um, all right, well, that covers two picks for us. <laughs> so, um, does that go to my next one, then? Or? Actually, it goes to you again, because yeah. we matched two movies <laughs> keep in matching. Row, so... So, the next... I'm gonna uh, laugh, because we're gonna match this next one, too. We'll see. The next one on my list is Tommy Boy. Hey! I matched that <laughs> one, too. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, this movie is another classic, like... It's, hard, it's weird to say it's a classic because it came out, what, late 90s or something, and I remember it coming out, but it's just one of those movies that's kind of stuck there for years, and just, it's just so funny. Like, I don't even know, it's, if you don't know the movie, it's the antics of uh, Chris Farley playing the son of uh, this guy who owns a uh, auto. auto parts plant. And Chris Farley has to step into becoming like the lead salesman and kind of save his father's company after he dies. And he's joined on the road by David, David Spade. Spade. And, and it's, it's kind of just, just It's just comedy gold. Yeah. Like it's it's like they took the best of every road trip movie ever and just jammed it into one movie and just <laughs> how many more jokes can we get into the movie? Exactly. So like all the stuff from planes, trains and automobiles, all the stuff from like a road any road you know what I mean? It's just Tommy Boy's great and I can't tell you the number of times I've seen that movie because there were family vacations where we would take and like Tommy Boy would come with us all the time and we'd just sit in the <laughs> we'd just sit in the car and laugh while we watched it down the road, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Yeah. No, it's great. There's just so many it's kind of crazy. Like, there's a, a couple scenes in the movie where they're just driving and singing songs, but the way they're singing and the songs they play is just so funny, too. But I can't think about the movie it's, without getting, like, my hallucination stuck in my head. Or just, like, right. one of those That's songs they the play. The soundtrack for the film. Um, I ended up picking up the soundtrack at one point, and that soundtrack is every song they play in the car. <laughs> nice. So any song they play in the car, any song they sing, whatever, it's all on the soundtrack. Even the Spanish song that makes us laugh because, you know, when you yeah. see them singing the Spanish song and they don't, they're just singing along. And I actually the, remember going on family road trips as a kid and you playing that Spanish song in the car and we just <laughs> right. all cracked up about it because of the movie. But yeah, I, yeah. it's, it's another one. It's just such a solid pick. I don't know what all to say necessarily, but yeah, uh, we, uh, so far we, uh, Technically four matches because I made an adjustment because I have to talk about James Tom and Bob. Still. Okay, so um, fair enough. I'm saving it for last because I have a story. That's, That's why fine. I'm not. Um, so so then that would lead to my last pick, which is National Lampoon's Vacation. So this is another one, total classic. Um, kind of like probably the only National Lampoon's movie I was allowed to watch as a kid <laughs> for whatever reason, but it's just kind of. You know, that's, I grew that's up weird. I think it. Christmas so Vacation is a little tamer than this one. That's but. that's true. But like all the uh, like Chevy Chase ones, but uh, oh sure, like his Animal House National Lampoons. Yeah, yeah. I w- I wasn't allowed to watch that. Is it? Growing yeah, up, I don't yeah. think it's National um, Lampoons. Some of the other ones are just too. Oh raunchy, sure, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like really solid pick. Like great this movie, is also great jokes, it's also like, that classic road trip movie. So if someone says, pick your favorite road trip movie, I feel like there's a there's a generation of the public that this would be their very first thing to come out of their mouth. Exactly. If you said name a road trip, whether it doesn't even have to be your favorite, just name a road trip movie. This would be the first thing people say mm-hmm. uh, for a certain generation. So nice. Yeah, it's just it's kind of just one of those. It is one of those gimme picks, but it's just I struggled with not putting it on my list because of how much I've enjoyed it and just how much 
like I keep enjoying it and people keep doing and you know someday did you, like, did you watch my kids, I don't so. want to call it a remake but did you watch the newest one oh, called I actually Vacation? did want to bring that up I thought Vacation was actually pretty decent too Vacation was great yeah the new and it one was, it's technically a sequel it's yeah, not even so, a remake so the new Vacation <laughs> is the kid uh, Rusty the son of Chevy Chase in the original movie is now grown up and he's taking his family on the road trip <laughs> he's trying to recreate that original road mm-hmm. trip and I just love that scene where there's a scene where they address it, like, in dialogue. The kid's like, well, I never heard of the original vacation. Because oh, his wife says, like, the original vacation. <laughs> and his kid's like, I never heard of the original vacation. He's like, no, the original vacation was original vacation. The new vacation will stand on its own. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but, no, it's it's hilarious. They mm-hmm. had such good gags in it. and Yeah, so. it's. I felt like it got so much unwarranted criticism. And pe- it's just one of those things people built it up. Like, it has to match the original or be better otherwise it's just crap and i just don't agree with that at all because i think if you just watch it as a comedy it's so solid there's really funny parts um i think my favorite part is the part where the kids in the uh hot tub it's like uh rusty's sons in the hot tub and uh he's with this girl that he's kind of liked yeah (laughs) that they keep running into on every trip right and his dad comes and the girl doesn't know it's his dad and the way he's talking to his son seems incredibly (laughs) creepy and it's just so funny the way it all plays out did i need to call the cops and he's (laughs) like like, no it's okay (laughs) um not uh piggybacking on that there's what was the scene oh no with the kids the two boys their relationship with each other is the way the younger one directly berates his older brother and just makes fun of him the whole <laughs> movie in the most horrible ways. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that made me laugh probably the most just because of the stuff that was coming out of his mouth all movie. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sweet. So, that, yeah, that's my last one. All National right. So one. my Great last action. one is going to be Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And awesome. The reason why this movie actually – and I, I, I'm, I feel so stupid for forgetting this movie. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, but the reason why this movie like strikes a chord with me is so I got I'm a massive Star Wars fan and I know I have friends listening to this episode that are going to know oh yeah I remember that game but I got really heavily involved in a Star Wars card game um, and if you remember it it's the, if you are listening and you remember it it's the old decipher Star Wars card game uh, it I you know we played for fun as like a hobby and then you know you collect the cards, you start playing whatnot with your friends, and then I started playing tournaments and started getting really competitive with the game yeah. itself. And I would travel for tournaments too, and like you know you'd be driving down to Bloomington for a big state tournament, or you know you'd have to go play a Comic Con tournament or something like that. I was actually like playing fairly heavily, like large stuff. And it, later at one point, I got on a volunteer program with the company that makes the game. And I would travel around with them to. I would host. I would end up hosting tournaments and running them myself. <laughs> and then I would actually like went to a couple conventions to work. Yeah. The, their their booth and run a couple tournaments at like conventions. So, one year we had the actors from Star Wars who played Admiral Mahdi from the original film and Greedo from the original film signing autographs at our booth. Awesome. Now, at Comic-Con in general that year, they had other Star Wars actors like Darth Vader and Chewbacca and stuff. They were kind of made the normal Comic-Con rounds. But those two actors were signed to our booth for the entire weekend. Awesome. Got to hang out with some Star Wars actors, right? Kevin, this, this convention, by the way, is two weeks before Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came out. Have I ever told you this story No, before? I haven't heard this story. Okay. I'm surprised I'm, I've, I'm surprised so far, I've never told okay. you this story. 
Um, this is two weeks before Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came out. Kevin Smith is at the convention doing normal Kevin Smith stuff. He's got his booth, yeah. he's signing autographs, stuff like that. I mean, it's Comic-Con. Kevin Smith's there. Um, because we had the Star Wars guys over at our booth, Kevin Smith and Jay Muse came to our booth to meet those actors. Nice. Because they're fans. So he met the actors. He hung out with us for a little bit. Um, I didn't know they were there right away because I was doing like a game demo with someone. Eventually, it's like, oh, it's Kevin Smith and Jay yeah. Muse. And I, actually, I got to meet him. It was awesome. We hung out for a little bit just at the booth talking, and then he said right before he left, hey, if you guys are interested, we're doing a special screening of Jay and Silent Bob tonight. This is the theater. This is the details. You guys are all invited. Little did we know that there were going to be cast members there, and we were told to bring the Star Wars guys with us. Mm. So, I mean, it was, I mean, awesome, awesome night. It was like, because... You know, you think to yourself, well, I'll go back to the hotel and relax or whatever. Yeah. No, you didn't. You were just too fired up with the That's possibility so cool. of doing this. Um, and then I got to sit right next to Richard De Parmente, if I said his last name right, who plays mm-hmm. Admiral Mahdi. Mm-hmm. And Paul Blake, who plays Greedo, was sitting right behind me. <laughs> so we're all watching the movie, and me and Admiral Mahdi are talking before the movie starts and whatnot. And the movie starts, and we're all watching it. We're all laughing. It's Dance Out of Love, Strike Back. And then this is the line that hits, and I don't think... I've ever had a line from a movie make me laugh harder, and it's only because of the situation I was in. Okay. In the movie, Holden, who's played by Ben Affleck, is talking to Jay and Silent Bob, and he says to them, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard since Greedo shooting first, (laughs) which is a Star Wars joke, but to me... I have Greedo sitting <laughs> behind me. That's so awesome. <laughs> Which made me just die. And I do remember turning around and looking at him, and he was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you, when do you ever get to have something like that in your life happen? You know, and it was it was such an amazing night. So that's the – and I can't believe – I like, again, I just feel so dumb that, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to uh, – that remember that movie for the yeah yeah so. no but that's that's awesome and that's a great thing I think Jane Silent Bob you don't immediately think of it as a road trip movie but it absolutely is but I don't yeah I don't blame you for just kind of forgetting it but that's probably the coolest like meeting celebrity sort of story I've heard to be honest um, so yeah that's awesome right okay I'm um, just gonna say. Dumb and Dumber, best road trip movie. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb and Dumber made my short list. <laughs> so, no, it, that's a great movie. It just made my short list. But we had too many things to discuss in terms yeah. of personal, like, fandoms for these movies. I just pictured, like, Ryan sitting there <laughs> silently, just like, when are they going to mention Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> they better mention it soon. What the heck? <laughs> um, that's awesome. So that brings us to the end. Um, Can I ask one quick question? Sure. What did... Uh, did you take anything off your list for Jay and Silent Bob? Or no, I just shifted. Oh, just... I just shifted where the Millers to an honorable mention oh, okay. and nice. threw in Jay and Silent Bob because I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I oh my god, that movie has to be up there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, nice. I love that movie. I like that movie in general. To like that movie, mm-hmm. but I love that movie because of that experience. Mm-hmm. And that that movie holds a very special place in my heart because of that. So, um, and I and I I highly doubt Kevin Smith remembers that specific screening yeah but i i hope one day i get to see him again and be like hey i had this moment and it was awesome oh that's I just, great you know thanks for you know just to thank him because yeah i got to say thanks for nice meeting you and stuff at the time but i never got to 
you know. <laughs> yeah. I um, never got to see him after that, after, you know, so. It's also funny, uh, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith of Pier and Two movies on our list, because they were in Fanboys as well. So. Yeah, and I bumped into, when I was leaving the con, it was the final day of the convention, we're all cleaning up, I'm leaving the con, and I ran into Jason Mewes, like, in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, I have a picture of J- me and Jason Mewes. Um, oh, nice. And I stopped him, to, you know, to say, hey, I saw the movie last night, and he said some really funny and appropriate things about how much I possibly liked it. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Sweet. Um, so, uh, you have a list? Yes. Plan okay. for next week? So, yeah, my next list is uh, is my birthday um, last week, actually, um, but I didn't pick the list, so I want to do a birthday list now and do the top hey, five happy movies. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> On <laughs> air, t- happy birthday. <laughs> I want to do the top five movies from the year I was born. So, top five movies from 1986. 1986. Yes. I did a little bit I, of... I already have, like, one movie okay. came to mind. I did so. a little bit of a <laughs> quick Google search already, and 1986 is a monster. Like, there's so many movies. It's going to yeah. be a very there's at least so. there's at least one to two movies that already like caught mm-hmm. my attention. So um, this is, this one's gonna be fun, I think. So. Fantastic. So uh, top five movies from 1986. Um, I have one piece of homework for you before we close this out. Sounds great. All right. So I was talking with a friend offline, um, and we were discussing comic books in general. What what is offline? Oh, just in in real life. Just What's that? No, I'm, what? <laughs> I'm stuck in the digital not on a podcast, right not on a podcast, not on a podcast, not on Twitter and via email or anything like that. There's life just, outside of screens, is what you're the, saying. There is, okay. there is a real life out there. And we should all get outside sometimes. Um, so we were talking off, uh, we were talking in real life yeah. about comic books in general. Yeah, and this is a a monster of a question came up, and I'm curious. I have not came up with a pop proper answer to this question, so I'm going to make this homework for the both of us. Okay. Okay, so for next week, we both have to have an re- answer to this question, and we have to have a reason why. Okay? Between Marvel and DC, so you can pick whatever. DC, done. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Between Marvel and DC, who of the two major two comic book companies is your all-time favorite villain and or who do you think is the greatest villain? It's more of a who do you think the greatest villain question is and right. why. Okay. So think about that for I next week. I already have my answer, but yeah. Yeah, we'll think about next that for week, next yeah. week. Uh, think about homework because I'd like to put you on the spot and go, now, give it to me now. Mm-hmm. But I know that you might not. You, that's that's a tough question because when the when they when I got asked, I was like, oh, good Lord. I don't even know where to begin. And I thought they that's wanted. A, that's a cool I question. I thought they too. wanted greatest villain on each side. No, they wanted the question was asked to have one villain period between both companies. No, yeah, I love it. That's that's awesome question. So yeah, so all right, so that's your homework aside from the list. Um, with that being said, uh, did we do it? Sounds like yeah, it. we yeah. did another episode in the can. Um, so we made it to Wally World and back. Exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, hey, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. So uh, subscribe to us. Uh, um, why am I stumbling over words? <laughs> follow us on Twitter at <laughs> yeah. Top 5 Report. Yeah, um, follow us on Twitter at Top 5 Report. Like us on Facebook at Top 5 Report. If you want to interact with the show, uh, visit our website, Top5Report.com, or send us an email at Top5Report at gmail.com. Um, there's an interesting debate on Facebook. Not really a debate, just a couple comment conversation about 
whether or not uh, our brother Scott has seen the movie Honey and how much he likes it right now. So you can join in on that fun if you want. <laughs> that made me laugh when I found out he wrote it. Um, but anyway, the reason I mentioned iTunes is uh, please give us a review. Whether I mean, you can give us a, fi- uh, a rating. We prefer five-star ratings, but please be honest. If you you know think it's four mm-hmm. stars, that's fine. But um, with that being said, yeah, give us a rating, but write us a review because we'd like the feedback. So whether you give us leave us comments on the Facebook page or whatever that you know, however you want to do it, but I'd like the I'd like the feedback. So yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna go back to fanboys real quick. Uh, quote from the movie Hutch before we leave said that one of the greatest things Luke Skywalker ever did was destroying the Death Star, and we should all go out and find our Death Star. So with that, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And Ryan's waving his little sign-off, so we'll see you all next week. Good night.